0: James 5. Now, I'll warn you, this is not one of those passages of scripture where, you know, I'm going to snort and stomp and you got to do, you got to, you got to do your part to stay engaged in, in this. And, um, but I think that every, every one of these verses that we look at in chapter number five, they pertain to all of us. And, um, but this is one of those, just those Bible studies that we'll just dig into it and um, see what God has here for us tonight. The Bible says this, go to now ye rich men. Now, maybe you're sitting here, you say, okay, I'm not rich and I'm not a man, so I don't need this. And the reality is this, every single person in this room is rich. You're rich. You, you have more than the average person that lives in this world he says go to now ye rich men weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten your gold and silver is cankered and the rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire ye have heaped treasure together for the last days behold the hire of your laborers who have reaped down your fields which is of you kept back of by fraud crieth and the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the lord that word there maybe you think man they spelled the word sabbath wrong in my bible that's that word there means host so they've entered in the ears of the lord of host Ye have lived in pleasures on the earth and have been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he hath not, resi- uh, not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the early in latter rain. Be ye also patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh look at me at that last verse be ye also patient let's see. say there establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh who is James writing to okay. writing to Christians chapter 5 doesn't change Matter of fact, he even says a few times here in chapter 5, he refers to brethren. So when he is talking in chapter number 5, he's talking to the same as he wrote this scripture here to is to those that are scattered abroad, the believers that are scattered abroad. He's speaking to a Christian. He's speaking to the Christian on wealth. The, 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 the one here he's talking, ye rich men, he's not talking to the lost rich men, he's talking to the believer. So chapter number five, he is speaking about riches here to the believer. Have you ever noticed how many references in the Bible are made about money? There's quite a few. One thing is, if somebody has wealth, it doesn't mean that they can't be a good Christian. There are Christians that are incredible Christians that are very wealthy. The Bible never says that if you have wealth, you can't get saved. If you have wealth, you know, you, you're not going to be a good Christian. It just talks about how to manage our wealth. Here we find in James chapter 5, we're going to find where James is going to teach the Christian how to mature and understand the proper way a Christian should view wealth or finances, um, in all of James chapter uh, 1 through 5 is about the the Christian maturing in his faith that's what James is after James talks about your tongue he talks about how you act he talks about how you treat people he talks about how you serve and now he's going to talk about a Christian's finances their wealth James is speaking to help us become mature Christians and James is speaking about wealth here in chapter 5 wealth without God What we're warned about wealth is that we should not depend upon finances to meet our needs, that we should depend upon God. James says in verse number uh, 13 of chapter four, you see he starts that verse off the same way he starts off verse one of chapter five. He says, go to now or consider this now. Consider the person, we already looked at this, the person that says, I'm gonna go where I wanna go, do what I wanna do, when I wanna do it, how I wanna do it. It's my way, and the end thereof is for me to get gain. James says, consider something here. Life is just a vapor. He then uses those same three words in chapter 5, verse number 1. He says, go to now. He's saying this as well. Consider the person consider the person uh, those that have wealth in in those that are weeping and howling for their miseries that they sh- that shall come upon you and in about the riches being corrupted and garments mothbeaten he, he mothbeaten. he's talking about the Christian that puts all of all, all of their faith that puts everything into what they have instead of the Lord now the truth is, is all of us would like to have riches I talked to someone today and uh, payday was yesterday and I was just joking around I said I might need to borrow some money from you and that person said I only got $60 left to my name I said you just got paid yesterday they said I know it all went to bills (laughs) I felt bad I said well here here's 20 bucks you need it worse than me (laughs) having your needs met having finances isn't a negative thing that's not what James is saying it's when we put our trust in the wrong thing is where we're wrong. How many of you remember last, last Tuesday evening when when um, the entire world was about ready to crash? You know, the, the futures, they said, were just crashing. Honestly, how many of you are a little bit worried getting on the computer, making sure your, you know, your whole retirement wasn't gone? there was a lot of people that got very 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 nervous because the whole world about ready to collapse a week ago those same people that got so worried a week ago are like i can retire right now do you know how much money i have in my you know my retirement record record numbers you know we as christians we should not be watching what we have or don't have in that that be how we live our life it's a good day so because i have it's a bad day and so i live a life of grief and sorrow and woe is me we're not to put our trust in finances finances will be gone you put your trust in finances and you could find yourself like he says in verse number one howling for your miseries because they'll come upon you. If you put your faith in finances, there's probably going to be a time in your life where you become a very miserable person. And James is warning us here. He says, go to now. Consider the person who put so much into finances that what, they stop considering. It's not about money, it's about God. James is giving us a warning. How we should get it speaking of money, what we should do with it, and how important finances or money is to us. The Bible says wealth gotten by vanity will be what? Diminished. You know, here's, here's a story of a man. He is gaining wealth. In verse number three, your gold and silver is cankered and the result of a uh, rust of them shall be a witness against you and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. You have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of your labors, those that you hired who have reaped down your fields. So you've hired them to reap your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. What he's saying is this, those that when you hire, and you don't pay what you say you're gonna pay in, so that you can gain wealth, you're wrong. If you're a Christian businessman or you are you, you, uh, 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 or employer, you know there are some great principles in here that God gives on how we should run businesses. If you hire someone to do a job, you should pay them to do their job. If you tell them you're gonna hire them for this and they do what they tell you to do, you ought to pay them. You know, if you hire a person, and I might be meddling here, but if you hire someone to do work at your home, you should pay them to do the work. After the work's done, isn't time for you to start negotiating a lower price? Or cause someone to feel guilty because they charged you to do the work that you agreed to pay them. There's a principle here that James is giving. We don't get money. It's not for us to hire someone and then keep back what we told them we give them once the job is complete it's a poor business principle it's a poor uh, 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 way for a Christian to operate it's it's not the way that Christians should operate that's not the way that we should gain wealth at the expense of somebody else I get rich because you don't get what you're supposed to get it's not a biblical principle to do it that way And so we find we find that James is talking about how they acquire money you've acquired it by defrauding your workers if that's how you've gained your riches you're depending on riches in such a way where you'll defraud somebody else so that you can keep riches you're wrong it's not the way to treat people don't you know what they say with money comes power and don't abuse the power of your wealth that your wealth gives you don't use that to abuse someone without in verse number five he goes on to say this you have lived in pleasures on the earth and been wanton. you have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter and so now we find a find a man he says I want you to go to and consider this person consider consider why they would be so miserable i want you to look at this rich man and i want you to consider why this man would how why this man would live this life why would he be so miserable if he has everything he should ever want in life why would he be so miserable in a person a person with wealth a person with finances can become miserable if they obtain it a wrong way you can't steal and be happy that you're rich it'd be wrong for a christian to take what belongs to somebody else would be wrong as a Christian. And if you're depending on life, if all your aspirations in life is to get gain, to get money, to 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 have more, eventually you're going to find out this. There's more to life. And in James in chapter five, he talks about the person who's living a life in pleasures on this earth, been wanting, you have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You you are living life for yourself. James is cautioning us, cautioning the believer not to live life to where the point of your life is to see how pleasurable your life is, how much stuff you can get. You know, we live in a, we live in this country, you know, one of the uh, uh, fastest growing businesses in America are storage, storage. You can't go anywhere in this country without finding storage units. Do you, ever, do you ever see that show about, uh, I think they call it storage wars, where they like break into your storage units and, and you get to bid on it and then you sell somebody else's the stuff they didn't want to make money on it so that somebody else can store it so that later on you can go back and buy it back and sell it to somebody else? Most people as storing units have no idea what's in the back of that storage unit. But they just had to have it. And he says in verse number five, ye have lived in pleasure on earth. You have lived your life to where what you're doing is you're making decisions so that you're pleasured. As long as you have what you desire, you have what you're after, your life, you've got everything planned out. I want life to look like this and that's the motive of my life. And he says, be careful, be cautious. They're those that, that have lived their life of pleasure, been wanting, you have nourished your hearts. And so your purpose is so that you're always happy. Be careful of those that are happy at someone else's expense. As long as I've got more than my neighbor, I'm satisfied, I'm happy. But if my neighbor ever gets more than me, I'm unhappy. I know we would say, I would never do such a thing. He's writing to Christians. Sometimes, if we're not careful, we are content or discontent based upon what we have or what somebody else has. If somebody else gets something else nicer than we have, you ever get jealous? Do you ever get upset because somebody else has something you want? James is warning us not to live our life to where all we're doing is satisfying our hearts, making it pleasurable for our life. We're living our life where we always are happy as long as I have what I want. We don't need things as a Christian to make us happy. We need God. James is warning us not to put more into possessions and material things because if we put our faith in that we aren't trusting the Lord they become God's to us is there anything that you have in your life that if God chose to take it you'd be upset with God think about that is there anything in your life that you want so much that if God took it you'd be mad at God is there anything that sits in your garage or sits in your house or possession that, that gives you such pleasure that just nourishes your heart to where if you couldn't have it life would be over And that's what James is looking at. He's looking at the person. why, Why would this rich man weep? He says, go to now, you rich man. Talk about those that are weeping and howling for their miseries. Why would a rich man weep and howl in their miseries? Because they've chased something all of their life, thinking it will give fulfillment. They've dreamed of this. They've had to have that pleasure. It's nourishing to their heart. And they find out this. They've come up empty. They've come up empty. Do you ever meet those ones that are billionaires? And what's they what do they want to do once they reach the first billion? Reach, reach the next one. Do you know this? The the desire for more things have have ruined Christian homes. We've convinced ourselves. Now dads are working two and three jobs and moms are working full-time jobs and maybe even two and three jobs And the entire family unit is in disarray because we're so busy working to get what To, to get what your kids have no memory of a Christian father in home the memories at home, or the t- the dissension and the fighting that takes place because of the stress that's there in that home, we are coming. We were coming on to a Christmas season for many. Well, for everybody, <laughs> I guess everybody in this room celebrates Christmas, right? <laughs> Parents, be very careful. Be very careful that we don't teach our children that this is all about them. You say, yeah, because it's about Jesus. It's really about others. Because that's why Jesus came. For someone else. So they have the next big toy, the next big thing that... the 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 next thing we are teaching our generation teaching our children that happiness is in getting things happiness pleasure is in getting more joy is when our heart when i get what i want in that magazine or that tv and we need to be showing and i'm not against i'm not against buying gifts our kids are gonna have gifts but i think we need to be very careful in this time of year that things don't make us happy, but serving others, helping others, giving to others, give us joy. I had a family, family in our church, contacted me and said, I, "I, want you to contact a family and our kids save up money all year long, all this, all this change, all this money, and we, we want to use it to be a blessing to another family. I said, That's cool, isn't it?" So Sunday night, I got this family, and I, and I said, hey, um, I, need you to, I need you to just let this happen. I don't want you to get upset. I want you to say no. I just need you to, I just need you to say okay and praise the Lord. I said, but there's a family in our church that they want to do this, this for you, and so we need to get some, some sizes. And I loved seeing the look on that mom's face. I loved it. And I loved it even more when she says, the Lord knew what we needed. When we live our lives for us, we miss the opportunity to use the blessings that God has given us to minister the needs of somebody else. And I think if you were to just dissect this whole thing what James is talking about, he's not talking about if somebody's rich, they're wrong. If somebody's rich and that's what they're depending on they're wrong if God has blessed you with something he's blessed you with it not so that you just keep getting more because at the end of your life there's nothing to celebrate if God has blessed you he's blessed you with it to serve to give As Christians, we ought to understand that concept. God gives us, yes, to meet our needs, yes, to supply our needs, but not for us to get fat. Not for us to add, you know, not for us to add, throw out what we have so we can add more. I I think my wife, our kids were younger at that time, and we've, we've really, we've changed a lot when it comes to birthdays and Christmases and things like that. But I remember when our kids were a lot younger, I remember we said, we got to go into their toy box and clean these out so we can add their Christmas toys. When you think about that thought, you think, I've got to go throw out what I spent last year so I can add more this year. How selfish does that sound? I need to add more to pleasure my heart. I need to add more to make my life what it needs to be. God may not add more to your life. God may have given you a raise. God may have given you a better position. God may have increased your finances, not so that you add anything, but so that you would have an opportunity to give. Could you imagine that if every Christian that God increased in any way used that increase to be a blessing to somebody without, how many people would be blessed and God would receive the glory? You know what we do when we pleasure ourselves? We become very selfish. What changed, what changed one Christmas for Michelle and I, Kaylee was, um, she was, maybe 5 6 and we came down that and my Michelle said we did too much this year then the kids got in front of the tree and Kaylee opened all of her gifts up and Kaylee looked at us and she said she had this look on her face i said Kaylee what did you not get what you wanted i did i said what's wrong she said is there any more Michelle and I looked at each other at that Christmas morning and we said, we're doing something wrong. We're doing something wrong. You say, well, that five-year-old shouldn't have said that. No, we as parents said, we need to reevaluate some things. And that girl just opened a slew of presents and her thought was, is there anything else that pleasures me? Is there anything else that will make my heart contented? The problem is this, James is not necessarily just speaking to five-year-old little girls. He's speaking to us. We need to realize this, and if we don't get this thought, we will at the end of our life look back and we will howl, we will have miseries because we're gonna look back and say, I did all this for what? I kept getting more I kept doing more the more you get you know the the more you get the more miseries you have do you ever buy a bigger house and then complain you got to clean it huh aren't we aren't we so fickle I mean we James is saying that's not the way a Christian ought to behave God gives you wealth. Consider the person who has wealth and is miserable with it. Why? Because they're getting it at the expense of other people because when they get it, they're never satisfied. They live all their life pleasuring themselves, making their hearts desired, using it against other people, and at the end of the life they have nothing except miseries. Verse number three, he says this, you've heaped treasures together for the last days. You've Pile all this stuff together. When the Lord comes back, you ain't gonna need any of it. I'm gonna get in really big trouble here, but it this this goes so good with my illustration tonight. When I began to first date my wife, we we um she's great, her parents are great. I went in, I went into her guest, the guest bathroom. And I was just nosy. I'm sneaking. I mean, I'm looking around. You know, if if I'm interested in this girl, I want to know what's going on in their house. You know, so I'm looking all around the bathroom. And they had a they had a shower. And I opened that that curtain on that shower, and it was filled from you couldn't use the shower. It had paper towels and toilet paper from the floor to the ceiling. It looked like Sam's Club and and i just thought this is weird because like in my family it's like hey we got the last roll, you know growing up and oh goodness what are we going to do you know (laughs) there's no such thing as the last roll in her house and i looked at her i i didn't know that i i wish someone would help me because i thought man go out there kind of make fun about this and i didn't know that it was personal and i went out and i said what is going on in your in, in the shower. And, and and Michelle gets this look on her face and her dad is like, oh no, he didn't just go there, you know. And her mom's just like, What? What's wrong? <laughs> her mom grew up and in, in, in her dad, her her my wife's grandfather had a great job and and they really grew up and all their needs were met. The situation happened in their family. And my mother in law went from what would be a probably above um, uh, middle class to very needy. And so I didn't realize this, and I should have probably asked before I made fun of it, but she would put certain things so she never ran out of. Just how she behaved. And I thought to myself, if the Lord came back there is a whole shower full of waste <laughs> and if you used one pack she had to run to the store even though there was 15 more that replace that one pack not that she was using that as the illustration but I thought of I thought of this when somebody spends all their life Getting and 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 realize this. You can never use it. How many of us have things in our life that we will never ever use? That we had to have. At the cost. Of letting someone have it so they could use it. God gives us wealth. God gives us finances. God meets our needs and increases our needs. I believe not always so we have more. But that we could show the blessings of God and the love of Christ to others who have a need that they get their need met by God through you. How many of us would say we live a life like that? When we go shopping, we go shopping for someone else. When we see something, we think of, Brother Steck could use that. When we get an increase in any way from the Lord, we say, praise God, now I can go get what I always dreamed of. Wouldn't this be a great time of year to really show thanksgiving to the Lord where any increase he gives us, we say, God, thank you for this and thank you for letting me be a blessing to somebody else in your name because of the increase you've given me. I think if Christians behave that way, it would revolutionize how we, how we live. He says, you have lived in pleasures all on the earth and have been wanting, you have nourished your hearts as in the day of slaughter, ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient, therefore, brethren, under the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the pr- precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. Get this right. Live this principle. Why? For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. When we see Christ, what's going to matter is not what we've gained for ourself, but what we've done with the blessings of God in our life to help someone else.